following sermon audio. The following sermon audio. The following sermon audio is a presentation of First International Baptist Church of First International Baptist Church of Copenhagen, Denmark. Today's teaching. Today's teaching. Today's teaching comes from FIBC Assistant Pastor. Assistant Pastor Austin Salisbury. I want to tell you a true story today. It's a true story that has a magical ending, which in my opinion is the best kind of true story. And it's a story that happened a long, long time ago uh, in the 1970s, so really long ago. In a magical place, maybe you've heard of it, called California. And it's a story of a young um, man in high school named Brad. And Brad, um, he was a very nice guy. He, was a, he had the long hair, and, and he wore the, the big baggy clothes, and he played the guitar. And he was what was called a, a Jesus people, or a Jesus person back then. He went to church, and he sang songs about God's love, and, and, and he tried to live like Jesus. He was just a nice guy, doing the best he could. And, and the best part about all of it was he had this awesome van with flowers on it. I mean, this guy was just a good guy. Well, Brad was in high school, which means he was like 16 or 17 years old, and, and everybody kind of knew Brad was a nice guy, and he liked music, and he was kind of a hippie with the long hair, and, and, and there was another kid in Brad's school who was not quite so nice. His name, this is a true story, was named Butch. Now, Butch had grown a beard when he was about eight years old. And Butch was roughly the shape of a square. And uh, he was a big kid. He was a mean kid. I mean, this guy was mean to the, to the other kids in his school. He was mean to his parents. He was mean to the, the people in the town. He was mean to animals. He was even uh, mean to the teachers. In fact, once, uh, rumor had it, was that Butch beat up a teacher just for looking at him. Uh, uh, he, he was a troublemaker. You probably have known someone like this in your life. And, 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 and this guy was a bully. I mean, he was mean. Nobody liked Butch. In fact, in the mornings when the kids would go to school, all the moms would say to their kids, now, uh, today, have a good day at school. You have your lunch money. Stay as far away from Butch as you can. Okay? The kids were supposed to avoid Butch. Now, one day, um, you know, uh, Brad had gone to church, and the preacher that night had told the story of the Good Samaritan. And Brad was thinking, yes, I get that. I mean, I can be the Good Samaritan on the road, and, and I can help people in need, and, and, and I get that. I hear what you're saying to me, Jesus. And Brad was fired up, so he, he packed up his guitar and his Bible, and he got in the van, and he was headed home. And on the way home, it, it started to rain, like really, really rain hard. Uh, and that's unusual for where he lived in California. And, and, and so, uh, you know, it was raining and, and it was a little cold. It was, it was wintertime. And, and he's driving along the road and Brad is driving and he can barely see out of the window. And, and up on the side of the road, he sees someone uh, walking down the side of the road in the rain. And they're just getting destroyed by the cold water. And, and Brad's thinking about this, the Good Samaritan. And so Brad goes, you know what? I've got to pull over and I've got to pick this guy up. I mean, he probably would really appreciate a ride. And so Brad pulls over the van with the flower on it to the side of the road and, and he rolls his window down and he calls out to the guy, hey buddy, do you need a ride? And then in slow motion, the person turns and looks at Brad and who do you think it is? It's Butch. 
the meanest, ugliest, toughest, biggest bully in the entire school turns and looks at him and goes, huh? And Brad goes, do you want a ride? And Butch goes, yeah. And so Butch climbs into Brad's van and he's covered in water. He is soaking and he gets water on everything and he gets in, he slams the door and the whole van shakes and, and, and Brad is suddenly terrified. I mean, Brad's holding onto the steering wheel and goes, <clears throat> where do you want to go? And he's thinking, I'm the Good Samaritan, I'm the Good Samaritan, I'm the Good Samaritan. And Brad goes, just drive, man. And so, uh, so Butch says that. And so Brad drives and drives and, and he turns and he goes, go over there and over here. And, 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 uh, and Brad doesn't know what to say. He's trying to be nice. And he's like, my name is Brad. And he's like, yeah, okay. And uh, okay, so Brad's driving and finally they get to the place that Butch wants to go. And Butch goes, stop, let me out. And right before Butch gets out of the car, he notices Brad's Bible. And he notices the guitar. And he kind of looks at him and, and gets out of the car. And right before he slams the door, Brad says, uh, Jesus loves you. And Butch slams the door and he walks off. And true story, the next day at school, there's no Butch. And then the next day at school, no Butch. And the next day, and in fact, Butch never came back to high school ever again. In fact, his classmates had no idea what happened to him. And... Um, and, and no one knew what happened to him. They assumed it was bad. Well, let's flash forward to about 20 years later. Brad has gone on to uh, go to seminary, and he went to be a missionary in Colombia, South America, and uh, he has returned to the U.S. with his family, and his church is doing a prison ministry in a different state two decades later. And what happens is a group of men come into the church and, or into the prison and they're assigned someone who's signed up to have a prayer partner. And they go with the prisoner uh, in this maximum security prison and they sit with them and they talk with them and they pray with them. And so each guy goes into the cell with the prisoner and Brad comes in and he's got his Bible in his hand and he's a little bit bigger around the waist than he was 20 years before. And he doesn't have the long hair anymore and, or the beard or, or any of that stuff. Uh, and he walks in and he looks at the prisoner in front of him. And who is it? It's Butch. 20 years later, in a different state, in a different lifetime from when they were in high school, Brad is face to face with that big, old, mean bully from his high school. The scariest guy he ever knew is standing in front of him, only now he's in maximum security prison. He's covered his entire body in tattoos. He's got scars on his face. But Brad recognizes him. But even more amazing than that, Butch looks into Brad's eyes and goes, you're Brad Price. You were the only person in my entire childhood and high school who was ever kind to me. You were the only one. And Brad is overwhelmed and, and, and he says, is it okay, can we sit down? And they sit down and they start to talk and they realize that the reason why they didn't see Butch after that day is that Butch went on the run. He had committed some crimes and, and he had left the state and the police tracked him. And, you know, it was a, a vicious cycle. Butch had, had committed a crime and had been in prison off and on his whole life. And, uh, and he never came back to the high school. They never knew what happened. And here, Brad finally had the answer. True story. Butch is standing in front of him or they're in the cell. And he says, Brad, I need to tell you something. 
You saved my life. And Brad said, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and Butch says, you know, you were the only one that was nice to me. And I remember the one time you gave me a ride in the rain. No one else in the entire school would have done that for me. But you were kind to me. You took the time to pull over and ask me for a ride when nobody else would. Other cars were driving past me. And right when I got out of the car, I remember what you said to me. You said, Jesus loves you. I never forgot that. Years later when I was in prison and I was at the lowest point of my life, your words of kindness changed my life and, and, and I decided that I wanted to be just like you. Even though I didn't know you that well, I knew you were a Christian and so I started to read the Bible and I knew that you, uh, you had long hair and so I grew my hair out like you and, and I knew that you, uh, I knew that you, were, uh, you played guitar and so uh, I got a guitar in prison I learned how to play guitar because I knew that you played guitar. And he looked over in the corner of the cell and he was able to have a, a guitar there in his cell. And, and, uh, and they uh, pulled the guitar and, and Butch played a song for him. and said, this is a, a song called Amazing Grace. And I learned the song because I learned about grace because of you, because you were kind to me. Isn't that an amazing story? And so they pray together and they spend an hour together and they hug and they stay in touch. And as far as I know, they're still in touch today. Now Brad's quite a bit older and Butch is quite a bit older um, and I believe he may still be in prison, but I know that they uh, have never forgotten each other. And I've never forgotten the story. I probably heard that story 15 years ago. And I never forget how important a single act of kindness can be. Kids, adults, you never know what your kindness could mean to someone else. Now, all month long in the Sunday school, we have been studying this idea about kindness. You know, it's all over the Bible. We hear it all the time. Everybody knows you're supposed to be kind, right? You learn it in school. You learn it in uh, church. You learn it from your family. You learn it um, everywhere. You learn you're supposed to be nice. You're supposed to be kind. Uh, and some of the examples that we looked at this uh, month were from the Bible where when Jesus was kind to the children who came to him. And the adults said, no, no, take the kids away. But Jesus said, no, I want the kids to be with me. He had time to be kind to the children. We also looked at the story of Ruth. You know, Ruth uh, could have stayed with her family in Moab, but she went with Naomi uh, to Naomi's uh, city, and she lived there with her and took care of her. And then Boaz took kindness in his heart for Ruth. And, and, and that one kind of got a little romantic at the end, so we don't want to talk about that because they got married. And, uh, and then last week we talked about this idea that, that Jesus said that when we are kind to anyone, it's like being kind to him. Whatever we do for the least of these, we, we do for God. So, so we've been looking at this idea of kindness all month long. Well, there's one more type of kindness that we are going to look at today. And this is a message for kids. And this is a message for adults. And it's also a message about another bully. So if you've ever faced a bully in your life or, or someone that was unkind to you or cruel to you, then you'll relate to this story because this is a story about one of the most uh, feared bullies in all of scripture. And I bet you can probably guess who this is. This is someone who hated Jesus. This bully hated Jesus and he hated anyone who followed Jesus and he hated people talking about Jesus. He hated the people that, um, that uh, prayed to Jesus. He hated anything to do with Christ. And he decided it was his job to find anyone who was a Christian and he was going to uh, uh, abuse them, uh, uh, lock them up, take them to prison. And he was going to get permission to do it. And so he made it his job to find those who followed Christ and to punish them. 
He was feared, and, and maybe you know his name. His name is Saul. Saul was very feared because he was so cruel. He was so efficient, and he was so persistent to find Christians and bully them into either denouncing Jesus or ending up in jail. Now, a little bit like Butch, Saul was uh, very feared, right? Like I said, and, and here was his plan, what he would do. This is how he bullied the early Christians. And this all comes from the book of Acts. If you want to read the detailed account later, I encourage you to look at it. Um, this is what happened. Saul had a list of Christians. Think about that. He had a list of people that he wanted to find. That list may have included Peter and James and John and Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and James, uh, Jesus' brother. And he wanted to find these people and force them to denounce Christ or pay the penalty. One of the people that paid the penalty was Stephen, who was stoned to death because he wouldn't renounce Christ. And while Stephen was being stoned, it was horrible and it was scary and it was awful, uh, uh, Saul stood over to the side and he held the coats of the men that stoned Stephen. So he wasn't a nice guy. Well, one day, just like the day when Brad saw Butch on the road, the fateful day, Saul had a fateful day. And it happened like this. Maybe, maybe you've been walking down the road some uh, time in your life. And, and you've been walking down the sidewalk or the street and it was cloudy. And all of a sudden, the sun came out. And you went, wow. And maybe you had to cover your eyes. Well, Saul had a moment like this, but it was a million times more dramatic than that. You see, when Saul was walking down the road, he didn't just see the sun come through the sky. He heard the voice of Jesus, and he was blinded by a light that was so powerful that he was uh, unable to see. And Jesus said this to, to Saul. He said, Saul, stop. Stop persecuting me and the people that follow me. Instead, I want you to go and start a new life. You're going to do something different now. And so Saul, of course, was a little um, more than uh, uncertain of what was going on, and he was a little scared, and he said, he said, okay. And so what happens next? Is Saul goes to Damascus, right? And Saul's there, and he doesn't know what to do, and he's waiting for the Lord. And then God talks to another man named Ananias. Now, this is where we get to hear about loving your enemies, because God talks to Ananias, and he says this. He says, Ananias, who was a good man, by the way, and a disciple, he says, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for right there he is praying. And in a vision, Saul has seen a man named Ananias who will come to him and restore his sight. And Ananias says, Lord, a little bit like Brad when he went, huh? He says, Lord, I have heard many reports about this man Saul and all the harm that he has done to your followers in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority of the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. So basically, Ananias is saying, whoa, whoa, God, don't you know who Saul is? He's a huge bully. He's taking your followers in Jerusalem. He's throwing them in jail. Lord, you don't know what you're talking about. But I love what God says to Ananias. He says, one word, he says, go. And I think it's a little bit like uh, when, uh, you know, when you, you got to go outside and you need to, it's cold and your mom says, can you go out and, you know, you need to bring in your bike and it's cold out there, mom. And your mom goes, go. She doesn't need any more words except go. All right? Okay? 
I know about that too because, yeah, okay, yeah, anyway. Anyway, so this is what happened, right? So, so, so Ananias, God says, go, all right? And Ananias goes, ah, okay. So Ananias goes and he finds Saul and he gets Saul and he takes him home with him. Now, this is a problem for uh, Ananias, right? Because uh, Saul is very, uh, he's very known. He's what's called infamous in English. So famous is, is good. Infamous is the bad kind of famous. It's infamous, right? So nobody wants to have Saul in their house or their town, right? And now Ananias has Saul in his, 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 his house. And so I imagine Ananias is like, so what have you been up to besides meeting God and being blinded and... Okay, and he doesn't have anything to talk about. He's at Ananias' house, and the other people start to talk, and they say this. Isn't Saul the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem? Didn't he come here to take prisoners? Everyone is afraid of Saul. Just like everyone was afraid of Butch, the bully. And then finally Saul goes back to Jerusalem, and, and he has his sight back, and he starts preaching. He starts sharing the good news. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's a changed man. He's, he's telling people about Jesus, and, and he's, he's loving people, and he's, he's helping uh, the church to grow. It says uh, that, and then all of a sudden, uh, they have one problem, is that the disciples, you remember the guys that traveled with Jesus, they're still afraid of Saul. They've heard about what Saul's been doing. He's like enemy number one, and they don't know what to do. Okay, so maybe Ananias was with him, and maybe he's okay, but we don't want to have anything to do with him. Uh, And listen to what happens. This is from Acts chapter 9. When Saul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he was a real disciple. I wonder if they thought maybe he was a spy. They thought maybe Saul was pretending to be a disciple so he could... He could see everyone who was a Jesus follower and get more people on his list. I don't know, but this is what happened next. They're all afraid of him, and only Barnabas took him and brought him to the, to the apostles. Barnabas told the apostles how Saul had been on a journey and how he had seen the Lord and how the Lord had spoken to him and how on the Damascus road he preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. Now, if you don't know about Barnabas, it's a really funny name. But he was a really amazing guy because his real name was Joseph. How do you go from being called Joseph to being called Barnabas? Have you ever had a nickname or known someone that has a nickname? I mean, when I was in high school and college, we only gave people stupid nicknames, you know? Like we'd call somebody like, I don't know, Burgerface or something like that, right? We, we didn't give people very nice nicknames. It was always something, usually if they had fallen down, they'd be called, you know, called Butterfeet or something. I don't know. But Barnabas' nickname was actually very encouraging because his name means son of encouragement. His friends knew he was such a kind and loving person that he deserved the name of son of encouragement. So they called him Barnabas. So who do they send to, uh, or who decides to go to Saul and help him in his time of need? Barnabas, the one who's loving and kind and full of encouragement. So Barnabas goes and uh, he, he gets Saul and he takes Saul to the uh, disciples, the apostles, and, and, and this is what happened next. So Saul stays with the apostles, and he moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of Jesus. Then the church throughout um, the whole area enjoyed a time of peace, and it grew stronger. The church lived in fear of the Lord, and it was encouraged by the Holy Spirit, and it increased in numbers. 
See, Saul went from being the bully to being the outcast to being a member of the apostles and the disciples' family to being the greatest uh, evangelist for the, um, the truth of Christ in the history of time. You see, Paul, who had been the bully, eventually travels all over the world sharing the news of the gospel. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a moment. But I think we can learn three things from the story of Ananias and Saul and um, Barnabas. And that's this. Number one, Jesus met Saul on the road to Damascus and he spoke truth to him. He revealed himself to um, Saul and he said, stop what you're doing and follow me instead. I have bigger plans for you. So sometimes the kindest thing we can do, kids, adults, is to speak truth to people. Even if it makes us uncomfortable. Even if it's scary to, because you don't know what's going to happen when someone responds, but speaking truth can be kindness. Secondly, Ananias shows kindness to Saul because he welcomed him into his home in his time of need. Sometimes the most kind thing we can do is to go to someone in their need and offer them our help. Speaking truth offering our help. And then lastly, Barnabas, the son of encouragement. Not only did he uh, encourage the people that he liked, but he went after his enemy. Saul was not friendly. But Barnabas said, you know what? I'm going to overcome my prejudice, my fear, my uncertainty, and I'm going to go to Saul and bring him in. I'll be his guide, his helper, his friend. Maybe you can think of a time when when you were an outsider, maybe at a new job or in a new town or at a new school, and someone said, I'll be your friend. I remember really clearly when I was uh, about 10 years old, I moved um, from one state in the U.S. to a new state, and I didn't know anyone. And I was really nervous and scared. I was in second grade, and we're unloading the boxes, and, and I remember the doorbell rang, and I can still remember the sound of that doorbell in that house. It was a white house. It was, it was a cool place. And the doorbell rang, and this chubby little kid was standing in the door of my house, I promise you, with an American football under one arm and a baseball bat on his shoulder. Doesn't get more American than that, right? And my mom opened the door, and the kid goes... <laughs> Hey, you got any kids? (laughs) And my mom said, yes, we do. How old are they? And my mom was like, well, my son is 10. And the kid goes, ah, I'm 10 too. (laughs) And my mom was like, okay. And then the kid's name was Matthew. He goes, can you come out and play? (laughs) I don't know if his voice was like that, (laughs) Um, and so my mom said, yeah. And so my mom's like, uh, Austin, Matthew's here. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I come downstairs and Matthew goes, come on, let's go play. And so I followed Matthew. I didn't know where I was going. I had no idea who he was. I'd never seen him before. Maybe you don't do this in the 21st century, but it was the 80s, so it was fine. Um, and we went to the park and we played football and baseball. And he was my best friend for like 10 years. Literally, got any kids? I mean... He, he came to me in a time when I knew no one, and he brought me into his circle of friends, into a new school in a new town. That's what Barnabas did for Saul. He, he took an outsider, and he brought him in. He said, I'll be your friend. I'll help you find your way here. So sometimes the kindest thing we can do is to open our hearts to those that are different than we are, that we can look past differences and love them anyway. 
Now, I would like to say one last thing about being kind before I close. Sometimes being kind is easy, right? Here's a perfect scenario. Um, when someone gives you a gift, of course you want to be kind and say, thank you so much, let me give you a hug, oh, I'll share my cookies with you because you gave me a huge box, right? It's easy to be kind to some people. Some people it is not easy to be kind to. I can think of more than one in my mind that it's not easy for me to be kind to them. It's hard. There's a tension, right? And let me give you this encouragement. Listen to what Saul later said in Colossians. He said, sometimes you have to put on kindness like you put on your clothes. Think about that for a second. Clothes don't put themselves on you unless you are a toddler or below. But when you are an adult or a big kid or a growing up kid, you put your own clothes on. You have to choose what you put on. And Paul is saying, Saul is saying, you have to choose to put kindness on you like clothes. And sometimes that's what I have to do. And that's what you have to do. We have to clothe ourselves in kindness. Okay, so it's time to close. We know what happened to Brad and Butch. Butch had some troubles, but he never forgot what Brad said, and it changed his life, and his kindness, uh, Brad's kindness changed his life forever. Now, what about Saul? Well, I already mentioned a little bit about how he became one of the uh, uh, apostles, and he, he traveled all over the ancient world, and he taught people about Jesus, and he taught people about love and forgiveness and kindness and goodness, because who understands kindness better than a bully, an outsider, an enemy who's been changed? And guess what, guys? Every single one of you, whether you're old, young, somewhere in between, in the eyes of God, you once were a bully, an enemy, and an outsider. But because of Christ, you have the opportunity to be changed, to live as a friend of God, as a son or a daughter. By the end of Saul's life, he had been called Paul. He had traveled all over the world. He had preached the gospel. He had suffered. He had been beaten. He had been imprisoned. He had an amazing adventure of faith in his life. He loved Jews and Gentiles. He loved his neighbors and strangers. He loved and was kind to anyone who would listen to the story of Christ, sometimes even the people who kept him chained in prison. And why did he live like that? And why should we? Why should we go out of our way to be kind, to, to clothe ourselves in kindness every day? And this is why, and I'll close with this thought. We, as Christians, are kind because Jesus taught us to love our neighbors as ourselves, to treat others the way that we want to be treated. And how has God treated us? With love and kindness. Therefore, it is our calling, our duty, and our privilege to love others and to show them the kindness that God first showed to us this is how they will know we are followers of Jesus. Not because of how many Bible stories we know or how much money we give to the church, but how we love other people. Did you know that? Your greatest currency in this life is the way you treat other people. Kids, are you known at your school as someone who's a good friend, who's kind to others, who's helpful and loving? Parents, are you known as a colleague and a neighbor and a family member who's available and hospitable and generous? These are the things that Christ has called us to, the higher things, the noble things, the sacred things. Kindness is not just something we do, it's who we are. Kindness is love in action, if you want to think about it that way.
But here's another way to think about it, and I will promise to close with this. Eric always says, you can't say you're closing and then talk for 10 more minutes. <laughs> Apologize. But maybe this image will help you adults and kids alike. Imagine this. You know what a prism is, a glass prism? When light hits a prism, it's refracted and reflected and it makes a beautiful rainbow. Well, I think of it this way. God is the sun and each of us is like a prism designed uniquely and specifically to capture his light. And every time we act out a kindness, every word of encouragement, every time we forgive a friend, every hospitable gesture, every thoughtful gift, that is the love of God passing through us and bringing the beauty and hope and light of Jesus into the world around us. If it helps you think of a rainbow on a wall, then do that. How beautiful this world would be if every Christian's life was like a prism, reflecting and refracting the beautiful light of God into the world all around us. This has been a presentation of First International Baptist Church of Copenhagen, Denmark. To listen to more sermon podcasts or to learn more about FIBC, please visit www.fibc.vk or facebook.com forward slash FIBCCPH. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.